follow with me this morning as I read John 1, verses 1 through 5, and then John 1, verses 14 through 18. John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. 14 through 18. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of this and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, He has declared Him. This morning I will share with you a message entitled, Xmas. That is, Christmas without Christ. Every Christmas... A show is uh, shown, a movie is shown, called Christmas with the Cranks. Now, you may or may not have seen it, but uh, in short, it is a story about a family who decides to skip Christmas. They're not going to do it. Too much money, too much time. The kids have all that they need. We don't need this stress on top of our other stress. And so they decided they would just skip Christmas. Well, it didn't work out too well for them. But I want to talk to you this morning about the fact, what if that first Christmas hadn't happened? What if... Jesus had not come. Jesus, with the Father in heaven, looks down at the earth, knowing in his divine nature what he's going to encounter, what he's going to suffer. What if Jesus, on that first Christmas morning, said to the Father, you know, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think I want to go through with this. He saw his destiny on the cross and said, no thanks. What would the world be like today? And I want to take you on a quick journey through a what if. What if Jesus hadn't come? What would our world here in the 21st century, in the 2000s, What would our world be like today? Two issues I want to address this morning that would be dramatically impacted 
had this first Christmas never happened, had Jesus not come. The first is the morality of our world. The morality of this world would be dramatically affected if Jesus hadn't come. And the second point is the message to this world. The first, the morality. <clears throat> the morality of our world. In other words, the, the, the cultural uh, do's and don'ts, the cultural right and wrong, that which we move in as a people who are part of this universe. Who would we be today had Jesus never been born? I know we look around right now and we think, good night, what's happened? We look around at the morality of our culture and we see that some of the fundamental principles that you and I believe that we embrace because we are biblical believers, some of the very foundational issues are being openly attacked today. And we wonder how we got to this point in our culture that we are, and we then wonder what will it be like in another 20 years? What will our children have to encounter in the culture when they become adults? What will our grandchildren face? So we look around us and we think, we really do. We think it's bad. You know, it's gotten to a point. How can it get worse? Well, I will assure you, not only can it get worse, but today, if Jesus hadn't come, it would be a thousand times worse than it is right now. Early on with the people of God, early on in the Old Testament, early on when God called Abraham and the patriarchs to journey to, to Israel, to the land of Israel, and they began to take up residence in that land, well, spaced all around them, and encounters throughout their journeys to the land of Israel are Canaanite peoples. You know, all the Ites, the Hittites, the Jewites, the Uites, and the Meites that are in the Bible. All of those Old Testament Ites lived around the people of God. And these Ites had their own gods, their own creations. And their gods were horrific. And the Canaanite false deities had a tremendous impact upon the people of God in that day. For instance, there was the god Molech, M-O-L-O-C-K, or actually, Transliterated, M-O-L-O-C-H. 
Moloch was an especially cruel and inhumane false god. He demanded. This is a god that certain peoples believed in, out of their own creation. And in their own creation, this god demanded child's sacrifice. The worship of this God demanded that you bring your firstborn and place that baby on an altar of fire to bring pleasure to the God Molech. You've probably heard of the God Baal, false God Baal. Baal was the god of sexuality. To worship Baal, you didn't have to sacrifice your children, but what you did have to do was to have sex with temple prostitutes. That was the way you worshipped Baal. If Baal were your god, that's how you would please him. We continue on with the god Anath, A-N-A-T-H. Anath was the goddess of war. And I looked these things up, and it was said about Anath that she fiendishly loved to butcher young and old in a horrific fashion that she loved to wade up to her knees in human blood and laugh hysterically. You're a worshiper of Anath. Hey, you're going to war. You, you know, you want all the support you can get. And so you bow your knee to the goddess of war. And you bathe in blood. Alexander the Great came on the scene soon thereafter. And Greece conquered the world at that time. And the Hellenistic mindset of the Greeks then soaked into all of society, permeated the world. Their mindset, this Hellenistic mindset of how the world should be, created such sexual sin and perversion that it was at its highest point ever. In fact, sexual disease became so widespread that it threatened the existence of the people. Rome then stepped up to the plate. The Romans were an incredibly immoral and degenerate peoples. The sport of their day were gladiators. As many as 600 men would fight to the death with thousands 
watching and cheering as they fell dead one by one on the Colosseum floor. You've heard of Nero, one of the most vile, corrupt men the world has ever seen. It's recorded that Nero took a mistress. His wife didn't like it, so he killed her. His mother didn't like it, and so he killed her too. And when his mistress, who was in the late stages of pregnancy, made the mistake of nagging him, he threw her on the floor and kicked her until he killed her and the baby inside of her. This is not to mention how Nero attacked Christian people. The insanity and sadistic horror show with which he persecuted Christians, torturing them, killing them in every terror-filled way that the mind can imagine. Most notably, Nero would cover Christians in tar, and then he would light them up to use them as human candles around his garden. And it was then into this culture that Jesus was born. It was into this mindset, this depravity, this, this lack of love and respect for human dignity. It was into this cesspool that the Lord was born. And then you can record it that from Jesus through the church, the world, instead of degenerating as it was, the world began to get better. From the movement of the people of God, the world began to get better. Hospitals were created to attend to the sick. The church did that. Universities and colleges, higher learning institutions came to be. The church had a hand in that. Literacy, music, and art. Not to mention that the church, through Jesus, opened the door for human rights reforms. Things like our attitude toward women the world's attitude toward children, toward slaves, toward the indigent, as well as many, many other positive changes that took place from Jesus on through his church. Many positive attributes. But again, the question What if he had not been born? What if that movement had not started? What if that degradation would have continued even until today? 
What if there were no Savior? What if we sit here this morning and we know we have no chance? But we have no hope. What if you sit where you are right now in the circumstances of your life and you know no opportunity for a second chance? French philosopher John Paul Sartre said, without God, all activities would be equivalent. Without God, all activities, whatever we do, would be the same. In other words, he says, it's not a, it, 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 it doesn't matter if you saw an old woman trying to cross the street, whether you stopped to help her or you decided to run over her. It wouldn't matter because all activities, all behaviors, all attitudes are equal if you take God out of the picture, right? What, what other authority? All the authorities that we have in our world today have sprung from what? Truth and the revelation of the Word of God. Laws, the church has had such an impact today. But what if the Holy Spirit and the Spirit's constraining this world and the evil in this world, what if that were gone? And it was anarchy, free for all, and human rights were not taken seriously. There's no question today that things would be so much worse. We fight for the rights of the unborn. We fight to stop sexual trafficking. But in the days of Jesus, child sacrifice was not uncommon. In fact, many of the foreign gods demanded it. Bring your child to the altar, set the baby into the fire, and walk away. It was common in that culture to take unwanted babies into the forest and leave them to die. They even constructed what they called baby towers. And any unwanted child, they would just put up on this high tower and leave it for the birds of prey. People could decide whether or not they wanted the child after the child was born. Perversion was rampant and children would be sold. Through Jesus and the movement of the church, human life has come to mean something and we continue to fight for that truth. 
It was into this culture. It was into this mindset. It was into this depravity for children when the children reached age eight, half of them had died in that culture. And it was in that, in that culture that Jesus scooped up a little child and said, this child is precious. In fact, you can't know me unless you become like this child. He told his disciples, don't prevent those kids from coming to me. They are precious to me. Your world, your culture may look down upon them. They are precious to me. And very quickly, if Jesus had not come, the message to the world, our message to the world, <laughs> changed dramatically. Let me close with this. When I was at First Baptist Church in Pampa, there was a kid there. I say kid, he was um, an, almost an adult. He was 18. One of the greatest young men I've ever known. His name was Ryan. He was a year older than my son, but they played varsity football together, together for uh, two years. Ryan, uh, junior, senior year. And he was just the finest guy. And I got to know him because he would come to me. He had girlfriend problems. And so I got to know him because we would talk. He would come to my office and we would talk. And I, I thought the world of him. I, I loved his family. He had two, uh, uh, an older brother and a younger brother. But Ryan was, I mean, just a fantastic kid. He really, really was. Strong in his faith. Graduated Pampa High School, went to Texas Tech University. I was a freshman there in the dorms. <clears throat> and I'll never forget the day my secretary came to my office and said, we just got a call that Ryan is dead. So I jump up and get in my car and I drive over to, their, to his parents' house. And his mom is outside talking on the phone, and I can tell that she's been crying. And, and I ask her, is Ryan dead? And she said, I don't know, I don't know. And so there was a lot of confusion in what happened in, in that event of Ryan's death with you know, his roommates and and uh, he, he was shot with a gun. What happened? The police ruled it a suicide. When I preached his funeral, I stood firm that that was not suicide. But the police later couple weeks later and looking through his computer found a short suicide note. I go to this family's home. The husband comes home. The brothers are there. The mother is 
inconsolable. If Jesus hadn't come, what do I tell them? Everything we talked about in those critical moments, everything we talked about had to do with the reality of Christmas and the Son of God and the Lamb who gave himself for the, for the world and then the life after in the kingdom of God. Everything we talked about in those moments had to do foundationally with Jesus coming and becoming the Lamb that takes away the sins of the world. If he hadn't come, we're the most foolish people on the planet. Dumber than dumb. We've been deceived and so therefore ridiculed. And rightfully so. If Jesus hadn't come that first Christmas day. That's why Christmas is so vital. That's why we celebrate at this time. That's why we honor God with our presence and with our lives. That's why he is king. Because he came and he did that first Christmas day. And to God be the glory that he came. Amen.